Hello out there and welcome to the FWO Fantasy World Order Fantasy Baseball Podcast. I am Pat Donovan with Nick Ligatino. What's up, guys? We are recording late night, April 19th, 2017. We have a jam-packed show for you tonight, and we will kick it off with the latest news and notes from around the league. And they, we have plenty to talk about. Uh, the big headline is Starling Marte oh. uh, was suspended for PEDs. Is going to miss 80 games. Who are some targets for Marte owners to um, potentially replace him via trade or free agency? Who are some names that you like? That have a similar skill set. Yeah, this is this, this is tough. Um, before I get into that, if you're a Marte owner, if you personally own Marte, are you DLing him until he comes back? Well, you can't DL him. Oh, uh, you can oh. either. It depends on what your league. It depends on how your league league treats suspended players. If you're if in Yahoo, you can, if you're in Yahoo, there's nothing you can do. Are you, you so? Have, so are, are you holding him? Yeah, unless somebody gives me something for him. Yeah, see, I don't know if I would. 80 games, we're already, I mean, we're only two weeks in, but that's we're a We're looking a at about 50 regular season games and then whatever he gives you in the playoffs if you get there. Yeah, uh, I guess. It just, it's, a, it's a bad situation if you don't have that spot to stash him. But if you need somebody to pick up um, – Obviously, no one's going to give you Marte's value, but maybe somebody who could get you close to his value is I have here um, Ender Enciarte. He's off to a really good start, and he's a guy that I really liked in the beginning of the season. Uh, I always said he had some power upside, so if he gets you um, closer to the 15 range in home runs, which I think he can, and he's actually been hitting him this year so far, he's going to get stolen bases, and he's going to get on base. So he's not going to give you Marte value, but he can be Marte light, and he can score some runs on, a, on an offense that right now seems to be humming. Freddie Freeman's just on a mad tear, and Kemp hasn't even been in the lineup. So when he comes back, there should be plenty of run opportunity for NCRTA. So I'd have him on the top of my target list. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. That's one of the names that I had down. Um, some others... Uh, trade candidates, Odubel Herrera, Lorenzo Kane, Kevin Kiermeyer are all guys that provide some pop and speed um, that are going to hit in favorable lineup spots. So the counting stats would be similar. Free agents, Rajai Davis, Chris Owings, Manny Margot. Again, guys that are going to hit, you know, single digits to maybe low double digit homers and steal some bases. You're not going to be able to replace Marte in hole, but you can at least stem the tide, hope one of those guys gets hot and comes close to what Marte will give you until he comes back. I also just want to address Austin Austin Meadows, who is the Pittsburgh prospect that I've seen some buzz about based on this. Um, Meadows is 21 years old. He just made it AAA last year. He started there again this year, which means he is a hop, skip, and a jump away from the majors. But He's off to a slow start. He's just 21, and this is Pittsburgh we're talking about. They do not rush their prospects. I do not expect that we will see Meadows for at least a month and a half to two months. So if you're thinking, I'll just pick up Austin Meadows, and he'll be up in a week, 
and I'll instantly be able to replace Marte with a you know super prospect. I don't know if that plan is going to work. Um, I would say a month is about the earliest we will see Meadows in. Okay, the other big piece of news, again, there were several. Josh Donaldson, DL with a calf strain, expected to miss two to four weeks. This is a recurring problem. But is Donaldson the rare case where a couple of hot weeks upon return will allow you to recoup a lot of the value before unloading him? Um, no, I, this, this, the kid, this calf strain has been an issue. Uh, it was, it popped up last year. It was this year in spring training. So, um, I think he's kind of a tough move right now. I, I don't, I don't know as far as value, what you could be, be receiving back. Um, I would think maybe a guy that had an ADP, like somewhere in the thirties, I, I was thinking like George Springer, like if you had Josh Donaldson right now, would you trade him for George Springer? Um, hmm, good question. I don't think I would, uh, but, it's but I am not. Yeah, and admittedly, I was not the biggest Springer guy coming into the year. I know he's off to super hot start and looks like one of the best players in baseball, at least one of the best power hitters in baseball. But I think I would hold on to Donaldson there. Yeah, I I don't know. I just I, I would I would I would hold on to him as well uh, and wait. But this this seems to be a real issue. It, it just keeps popping up. But um, you know, Donald, Donaldson has been relatively healthy over the last couple of years, and when he's hot, and if he and if you own him in you know September, late August, when you're making that playoff run, he could just win you a championship. So I would just hold on to him and not shop him yet. Maybe wait till he gets really really hot. And then try and sell him, but well, that, that's what I was asking. I mean, if he oh. if he comes back, let's say he comes back whenever he comes back. Let's say it's two weeks. Let's say it's four weeks, and he's tearing the cover off the ball out of the gate. Do you think that you would be able to sell him for ninety five cents on the dollar for for what you paid for him? So I'm talking uh, like a second round talent. Yeah, I think so. I think that the, I think the position gives him a boost too. Their base is interesting this year. I don't know. I, it's a t- it's a tough question, but I would I tell you this. I would buy him. I would buy him for a, for a good price. Yeah, for me, I think it depends um, when he comes back. If he's back in two weeks, and then he starts raking, I think it's easier to trade him for ninety five cents on the dollar. If he's going to miss a month, I don't think you're going to be able to get that kind of value for him. Um, uh, if if he's in a if, if something breaks, let's just say what they say he's going to miss closer to a month, then I would say go out and buy him. Yeah, I think then the price becomes low enough that if you're in an advantageous position, I mean, let's say you've started out the year and you're you've won your yeah. first two weeks and you you're on your, on pace to win your third week, um, that's the kind of chance that you can go out there and take and maybe take advantage of an owner that's in a less favorable spot. Or um, if you have, or if you have, let's just say a guy like Eric Thames, who is off to like a ridiculous start. All right, all right, we're gonna talk about Thames. Settle yeah. down. Oh, you're excited. Everybody's excited. Whoa, 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 wait, wait, wait. Before we move on, real quick, if if they if news broke that Donaldson's gonna miss a full month, and you own Thames, Thames, are you trading Thames right now for Donaldson if you're able to do that? Hmm. 
I don't know. I don't think oh so. Oh my god! Wow, that's crazy. Wow. Okay. I mean, we're talking we're talking about a month, and we're talking about a calf issue that's been recurring. Wow. And uh, we're going to talk about Thames, okay. and I will tell you what I think about him. Okay. Later in the show. Okay. Okay. Blister watch. <laughs> oh, Aaron geez. Sanchez. And Rich Hill to the DL. Syndergaard is day-to-day with blister issues. Uh, listen, I think the big story here is Rich Hill. Yeah. Um, Nick, I know that you own him. How do you handle this situation? Oh, man. Um, well, I've dealt with it last year. And when Rachel came back, he won me a championship. But uh, right now, the Dodgers are saying that they may, they may shut him down for an extended period of time. I don't know how much they're talking, but he was throwing the ball again today. I don't, I don't understand Dodger logic right now because they're saying that – like if you listen to what I just said, they're going to give him an extended time off, but he's throwing the ball today. Uh, so that doesn't make much sense. Well, I think, I, think their, I think their logic is he had a whole offseason to deal with this problem mm-hmm. and to let it recover. So they don't think that rest is going to do anything. It's got to be something with the curveball grip. Uh, and it, it this is insane. It's so it's so annoying. So right now you can't sell Rich Hill. So you just got to hold on to him. Syndergaard, Syndergaard will be fine. Sanchez, it'll be fine. Um, you're a lot less worried about those guys. But with Rich Hill, it's a really it's insane to say it, but this is a really serious injury. Like it's insane. It just keeps coming back. It's so annoying. Just sit him until September, and I'll be happy. Seriously. <laughs> I, I agree with you. I think the best answer is to hold. But let me throw some names your way, and you can let me know if you would pull the trigger if somebody came knocking. Go ahead. Um, so I, I, I wrote about him on Monday, and I think the target, if you're looking to sell Hill, is, is going to have to be either a risky asset or a struggling asset. Mm-hmm. And one name I brought up was Vince Velazquez. Mm-hmm. Would you trade Rich Hill for Vince Velasquez right now? No. Okay. Another one that I came up with was John Gray. Yes. It's also hurt. Yes. You would do that. Yep. Okay. Um, I, I think that that's what your market is at this point. Um, if that. I think uh, that's generous. Well, I mean, and, and the other the other option that I wrote about was if you've got – more risk in your profile on top of Rich Hill, then maybe you move him for an innings eater type. Maybe you move him for a Odorizzi. Marco Marco Estrada. Well, Odorizzi's hurt, yeah. so I wasn't thinking about him, but I was thinking about Matt Moore. Um, you know, somebody who's going to give you solid innings of like a three five, three seven five um, type ERA. So I think those are your, those. That's what you're looking at if you're the Rich Hill owner. Yeah, um, it's not a great market. Okay, I have a note here on Miguel Cabrera. I don't think that we have to worry about Miguel Cabrera because he's looked amazing since he came back. Mm-hmm. Um, he was day-to-day with the back issue, but he's come back the last two days and looked fantastic and just like Miguel Cabrera always looks. So he's perfectly fun. Zach Britton was pl- placed on the DL with a forearm strain. Baltimore is downplaying the severity. Uh, Brad Brock got the save tonight. Is he the lead man in that bullpen? And... Let's say there are some leagues that haven't had their fab run yet. 
what percentage of your fab budget would you use on Brad Brock? Um, well, first of all, let me just start by saying this. Brad Brock is one of my favorite relievers in all of baseball, probably top five. And I, I know you like him. And I, I would say this, that if he had the job for the season, I believe that he would be a top five closer, um, hands down. And, and like, I would be very confident in that. So the, the problem is when Britain does come back, he's going to take the job right back because he's been so good for them. But forearm strain is, um, is a serious thing. And if he misses extended time, then yeah, Brock is definitely the guy you would want to own. And I would spend, I would say, mm, uh, I don't know, 10, 15, between 10 and 15% of my fab money on Brock. It depends on how you are with closes. I mean, I personally, I have three closes right now, so I wouldn't go crazy. That's how much I would spend. But if I was in need of saves, then yeah, you obviously spend more. Yeah, I'm a little bit more worried about Britain's injury, so I think that this is going to be a legitimate run for Brock in the role. Mm-hmm. Um, I said that I would spend about 20% of my budget. Again, mm-hmm. Based on what you said, it is true. You know, you adjust five percent up or down, probably if you're in one position or the other. Um, he's an awesome ratio guy, so he provides that floor even if Britain comes back. And as a closer, I don't think he's top five, but I definitely think he's a top ten closer from day wow. one the second he takes the job. I'm surprised by that. Okay. Well, top five is pretty lofty status. It is, but I mean. He's just got – he's just so, so lights out good. And the Orioles, uh, you know, I think last year they led the league in saves. If I'm not mistaken, I don't have it in front of me. But I'm, if they didn't, they were definitely up there. Um, and I just and, – and if you want to talk about, you know, Darren O'Day quickly, um, you know, I, he, he was picked up. His percentage jumped in the last couple of days. But O'Day – I like O'Day if he was given the opportunity. Um but he's very inconsistent. Uh, you know, he can either come in and strike out three, or come in and give up like two runs and and walk a couple of guys. So Brock's definitely the guy to own here. Okay. All right. Marcus Simeon suffered a wrist fracture. Uh, he's going to be reevaluated in four to six weeks. He had surgery. Who should Simeon owners target to pick up? I would go out and target Brandon Phillips. Um, I, I, you hate Brandon Phillips. We well, all Brandon know. Phillips only plays second base, though. I mean, you're, we got to talk shortstop here. Oh well, if you're talking shortstop, then give me a second. I have to look it up. But I mean, look, I just I've had, got a couple of guys. Go maybe you can bounce off me. Go ahead. Um, I've got a Struble Cabrera at 47% ownership. Yep. And Zach Cozart at 30%. Those two guys are off to good starts. Um, they play almost every day, and they provide you with comparable power. At least Cabrera, if Cabrera's power surge last year and the, that has continued into this year is for real, he's got comparable power to Semyon. I think either way, both are a little bit step, a little bit of a step down, but that's just the nature of shortstop right now. I mean, even the studs are not hitting other than Lindor, and. After the top 14, 15 guys, it becomes a wasteland pretty quickly. 
Uh, yeah, no, I, I would agree with Azdrubal. He's been pretty safe. He won't kill you on average. He gets on base. I like him. Uh, another guy I'm going to mention really quick, that shortstop that I like, Freddie Galvis. This is a guy who last year almost went 2020. He went 2017. And there are definitely signs of him regressing in the upcoming season, but he already has two home runs and a steal on the year. Uh, he may hurt you some nights in batting average, but he's a pop and speed threat, which is pretty much what Simeon was. So I like the comp. I want to throw out Brandon Crawford too. I'm not sure what his ownership percentage is, but he's another guy in that Cabrera, Cozart mode that's going to provide you with um, pretty decent power and pretty decent average. And, you know, they're not the players that Semyon is, but you're not going to be able to find that out there on the waiver wire. 77%. Oh, okay. Then he might even be a little over-owned, to yeah. be honest. Um, okay. J.D. Martinez, his return appeared close, but he has not been cleared to run. Uh, late April, early May is the timetable, but there's no hard um, date set yet. Chico Rizzi is on the DL with a hamstring. Erasmo Ramirez is going into the rotation. Do you have any interest in Erasmo? Uh, no, not at all. I would put him on my watch list. Um, Matt Andres is nothing special. If Erasmo comes out and has a couple of good starts, I think he could jump into the rotation. Um, I've always been a fan of his, but I would not pick him up cold like this because I would imagine his first start is going to be like four innings, and then he's going to get a second start, and then Odorizzi will probably be back. Uh, um, I think no, no strikeouts. I just feel like he's a little bit of a better real-life player than fantasy player. but That's fair. Okay, Brandon Finnegan uh, placed on the DL, lat strain. He's going to be reevaluated in two to four weeks. When you combine that with a rehab assignment that will probably last about three weeks, you're looking at somewhere between five to eight weeks. Um, so he's gone for a while. Uh, that helps explain why his control went completely crap um, over his last two starts. <laughs> Jason Kipnis is set to be activated on Friday. Uh, closer news. Dyson blew another. Uh, oh. It looks like Matt Bush is going to get the first crack, although they didn't commit to him um, fully. They said that you know he would get the first opportunity, but they would spread them around, which means if Bush saves the first game, he's going to get the second one. If he saves the second game, he's going to get the third one, and his leash will increase as he's successful. I think that we're both thinking that Matt Bush should take this job, right? Yes, definitely. Okay, Joaquin Benoit blew a chance over the weekend. Nick is high alert on Hector Neris, right? Oh, yeah. I'm just waiting in the weeds right now to pounce. Okay, uh, Blake Trinan was replaced by Sean Kelly last night after getting into trouble. Oh, yeah. Dusty Baker indicated that a change would be coming, and there was a report today that Kelly and Glover will see the chances. I'm assuming that this is somewhat similar to what we just said about Bush, where – Kelly is now the guy who will see the first opportunity, and if he's successful, he'll see the second opportunity and so on and so forth, right? Go out and trade for Kelly right now before he gets on a roll because he's going to take the job and run with it. Okay. All right, and uh, Singwon, oh, this was mm. interesting today. Trevor Rosenthal got the save today. Um, should owners feel nervous? 
Uh, he's not looked very sharp so far. Um, Velo is down. Yeah, Velo is down. He's been getting hit. He's been walking, guys. Not good. But he was so good last year, and he pitched a lot in the last the last couple of days. I think it was just a night off, and I think that uh, I think he'll come back and take the job. But Rosenthal is scaring me right now because he does look very good, it's, except for that game the other night where he gave up like two or three runs. Yeah, but I mean the stuff looks electric. It the looks stuff a lot looks electric than it did last year. But it has to be consistent, and we haven't seen him enough to say that, and that was always his problem in the past. Yep. Okay, we're going to do some over-unders on some of the hottest players around the league. Let's kick it off with JT Real Muto, presently the number one catcher overall. Is he a top five catcher rest of season? Yes. And over would be... He's a top five catcher or better, and under would be lower. Okay, I'm going to say that he is going to be a top five catcher going forward. Uh, I loved Real Mudo. I love any catcher that could get you speed. His stats in 2016, 2015 kind of reminds me of Jonathan Lucroy early days. Um, and I think he's got more pop upside and more speed upside. The other night I was watching the game um, with our friend JP, who owns him in our league, and I texted him like, "Wow, do you see how fast Real Muto is? Like, there was an in, there was a hit to the outfield, and he was just out. He was gone from first to third so fast. So I think he's got some real stolen base potential, and he's got some home run potential as well. Like, he's just like a stocky, well built kid, and he's been putting the bat on the board really well this year. He hasn't been striking out at all. He's been walking more. I think those numbers are going to change as the season rolls on. I think right now he's just on a little bit of a hot streak." But um, when all is said and done, I, I think Real Muto could be a 280-plus average guy with 10-plus deals and 10-plus home runs, which at that position, it doesn't – yeah, 10-10 isn't that great. But 10-10 wins. 10-10 wins at the catcher position, I'll tell you that right <laughs> now, with a good average, and he's at a good spot in that lineup. And that's a sneaky good lineup. So I, I, I love him. I wish I would have drafted him. I'm not as optimistic. I'm going to go under. Um, on its face, Rio Mutuo's profile hints that there's been some improvement. Uh, he's got a lowered K rate. He's swinging and missing less. But most of the contact gains are actually outside the zone. He's making 15% more contact on pitches outside the zone. I don't think that he, that's going to keep up. Um, I am encouraged that he's seeing the ball in the air a little bit more, which could lead to some more power, uh, which I think you just hinted at, Nick. Um, I don't think the 360 Babbitt from last year is for real. And he's carried it over to this year. But again, that's a very, very high figure for a regular player. It's extremely high for a catcher, even one that's athletic. Um, you know, catcher Babbitts tend to be around 280. So you're talking 80 points over, you know, league average catcher. Yeah, but he's um, also a lot And he doesn't. Go ahead. Yeah, but. 360 is high for a normal player. Yeah, all right. Like 360 right. would be high for, like, Kevin Kiermaier or, mm-hmm. um, you know, any player with uh, – Billy Hamilton. Any player with outstanding speed would still be a very high BABIP that you would think would regress. Um, so I don't think that's sustainable. If I was re-ranking today, he's solidly inside the top 10, which is something I would not say pre-draft, so he has moved up for me. 
but I'm still not buying him as a borderline elite catcher. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's move to the man of the hour and the day and the week, Eric Thames. Presently, the number one overall player. Mm. Is he a top 75 player rest of season? Yes, he is. Over would be he is. Under Over. would be he is not. Over. Um, Agreed. Over. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, we, we were both in on him. I think I was more in on him than most. Um, you were a little higher than me, and I think you were higher than most. I think collectively we were both higher than the consensus. Yeah, and uh, he has looked ridiculous. I mean, ridiculous. And I, I think the first couple of days when he like broke out, you're like, all right, the league's going to start figuring him out, but they're not. And he's crushing lefties. He crush, He's crushing righties. He's getting the playing time now. So, I mean, you look at his numbers right now, and they're scary. They're exactly as they were in uh, Korea. So, minus the steals, which I think are going to come. <laughs> he's batting 446 right now. Uh, yeah, it's going to slow down a little bit, but the Brewers are humming. Braun's playing great. Uh, VR is going to break out soon. And um, I just really love Travis this Travis Shaw's hitting. Oh, my God. Travis Shaw is hitting. God, they're all playing really, really well. Jet and, Bandy uh, and Manny Pena Everybody in that lineup Jet Bandy lineup is hitting. The Bandy tribe. Um, yeah, I, I just – I love Thames, and it's tough right now because you can't buy him. You can't buy him. No one's going to – it's going to be really hard for anyone to sell him, but usually I'm the guy that says sell, 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 and I say that to everybody, sell him, sell him, sell him, but – I don't know. I think I'm holding on to Thames because, God, he just looks so frigging good. The way he hits the ball, it's just crush job every time. Even, like, the infield hits, even the hits, like, the singles are crush jobs. He's just amazing looking right now. Yeah, and I'm over as well. I think he's definitely a top 75 player rest of season at this point. Um, And your eyes are not deceiving you. He's hit the ball with a lot of power. He's over 50% hard contact. Oh, my God. He's walking 11% of the time, so he's got the plate discipline. The K rate might even be a little bit high, even though it's come down over the last week. I think it's around 25% right now. 20. But he's he's got it down to 20. Okay, so he's only swinging and missing 7% of the time. It's ridiculous. That's outstanding. Yeah, it's ridiculous, especially for a, a a guy who just came into the MLB. Exactly. That's that was going to be my next point. I mean, normally these guys come over and they struggle, and we saw that with him in the spring training a little bit, um, and it kind of took some of the helium out of the balloon. So you know, as much as he was rising up boards in January and February, he might have fell back a little bit in March. But I mean, if you got this guy at Anywhere near, even even if you even if you reach three three rounds on him, he is returning value right now. Um, Major steal. I I would be very very it would be very very difficult for me to sell this guy. And 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 all I see happening right now with him is he's going to start walking a shitload more, and he's going to start stealing bases. And when he starts doing that, then. Like his ranking's gonna go from wherever he is right now to like top five overall. Like, yeah, and I mean, it's... because the Brewers don't care, uh, they just run yeah. and run and run and run and run. 
That's all they he's do. He's in between. He's in between like the two perfect players to be in between. Like, does it get any better than Ryan Braun and Jonathan VR? No, no. I mean, with the way VR has been playing so far, it could get better. But um, it's like the perfect setup. You know, I, I, I agree. I agree. With, I agree with you on VR though. VR is a guy that's. Um, gonna pick it up soon. His BABIP is like 150 or some shit like that. So he'll pick that up. Yeah, Thames is Thames is amazing. I could talk about him all day, but let's move on. Okay, let's talk to let's talk about another guy we both like, Cesar Hernandez, oh. number one overall second baseman. Is he a top 10 second baseman the rest of the season? Ooh, that's a good question. I'm gonna go with yes. I'm buying. Um, Nick, I, you're buying everybody right now, man. I'm buying. I'm buying everybody. But- <laughs> You know I love Cesar Hernandez. I owned him last year. He got he he has a ring. He has a championship ring, and now you own him now. Um, and the reason why you own him is because you see the talent there. You see the upside. You see that there could be more power and speed in this guy, it's, and and that's going to come with a healthy average and a really really healthy on base percentage. And that yeah, it makes, takes a walk. Yeah, that's what's so good about him. Uh, last year, three seventy one OBP. You know, that's a, that's the kind of number you look at and you're like, hello, you know, from a leadoff guy who wasn't in the leadoff spot the whole season. Now you're going to see him there for a whole 160 games. And it's going to be really interesting to see what he could do on a team that could really I, – I love this offense. I just, I just like, love the Phillies this year. Once Tommy Joseph starts hitting, you've got a nice one through five on that lineup. And he's going to score some runs. He's going to get on base a ton. I think he's a lock for 20-plus this year, stolen bases. And if he hits close to 10 home runs what, and he's going to have a healthy average, you're looking at a DJ LeMahieu light. I really like Cesar Hernandez. Yeah, I like that comp. Um, he's a guy that kind of has bought into this fly ball or, or pulled fly ball revolution, I, I think, uh, which is allowing him to tap into previously you know, unprojected power potential. Uh, he's got three homers already. Um, you know, Nick mentioned, mentioned the patience, which is great. He's got the athleticism to steal bases um, and sneak out some cheap hits, which will keep the average high. If he's going to add power to the mix, could be a 10, 12, 15 homer guy yeah. with 20 steals, 280, and is going to score runs at the top of the lineup. Um, I literally had no use for him in the league where I picked him up. I have Altuve. I have Matt Carpenter, who's off to a slow start, but – is second base eligible and is a quality player. I've got Logan Forsythe. I had absolutely no utility for a fourth second baseman, but I couldn't <laughs> let him sit out there anymore. Yeah, he's so good. He's, he's too so good of a player. Yeah, like he's like he's like really, really good. Yeah, he is. He is. I, I think that he's going to be a, a an asset. I think he'll sneak into the top ten at a loaded position um, as long as he's healthy. Okay, Jake Lamb, number 17 overall player. We're going to switch it up from finish to totals over under 29 and a half homers, over under 260 batting average. I'm going to say just under in bombs and just over in average. Um, I'm the other way around. Okay, and and I'm going to say uh, go out and buy Jake Lamb. Don't tell Jake Lamb. Um, I, I I love Lamb. I've liked him for years. I love Lamb. I love Lamb. But I've liked him since 2014. You know when he was coming up. Uh, 
Pat won't give me credit for calling Jake Lamb as a breakout because he was – and apparently was a hologram Jake Lamb in the minors that it was a different Jake Lamb. Uh, but the, the reason why I liked him as a young player is the way he puts the bat on the ball. And this is why I like him now because now he's developed power and he's putting the bat on the ball the right way. Um, I just felt like you know he had the power upside and now it's, now it's happening. I don't know if he's a 30 home run – hitter yet but i think he will be and i think that he has sneaky speed that no one really knows about and he'll get five plus steals maybe 10 and 10 is the magic number if he hits 28 home runs and steals a bit 10 bases you, you you drafted justin upton with the 190th pick of the draft and he's going to get you a healthy average he's got a nice contact profile he walks right now he's striking out a little too much that's going to come back down i think he'll finish the year at like 25 ish percent um and he walks, and he's on, and this offense is on fire right now. So, yeah, by Jake Lamb, I, I love him. Yeah, I mean he's in cleanup in Arizona. It's Hello. a very very nice spot. Yeah, I'm I'm over on the homers and I'm under on the average. He, he's responded to his critics uh, that pointed to the second half slump. I I wrote during the offseason that I thought that this was. Um, the result of a hand injury, which he was trying to play through. His hard contact rate is also over 50%. He's got the three homers. He's got plenty of counting stat production in the early going. I think the K rate is going to stay ele elevated. I'm not as optimistic as Nick is. I think he's going to be just below 30%. Um, but I think everyone would sign up for 30-plus homers and a 250 average, given where he was going. And Nick, you made a great, great point about um, the speed and the surplus speed that he can give you. Could be anywhere from five to ten steals. Arizona historically has been a team that likes to run, and they have run early this year, so would not be shocked to see him put that up as well. Okay, Elvis Andrus also has three home runs. This is going to be another total one. Um, over under nine and a half homers for the full season, which would be six and a half more. Um, over half, over over under nine and a half of the season. Yeah. Under. But yeah, but I'm going but, under but, as well. But just under. Yes, agreed. Uh, the fly ball percentage is up in the early going, which is a good sign for power but it's not such a drastic increase that I'm ready to pounce on him as a double-digit homer guy. The contact authority is meh, and he has a tra lengthy track record of being a single-digit home run source. So I'm not ready to move the needle on his power like I am with Cesar Hernandez. Would you agree with that? Uh, yeah, definitely. Okay. Mitch Hanniger, my favorite. <laughs> Number five overall outfielder. Over, under, top 25 outfielder rest of season. Oh, under. Uh, over, 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 <laughs> over, 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 over. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, yeah, I, listen, it, it's tough. The guy is amazing. Yeah, he is amazing, but 20? I said 25. 25 even? Just Yes. Oh. Yes. Yes, it is going to happen. Listen, Mitch was one of my guys. I love seeing him excel at this point. He had an amazing game again today. He's in the perfect spot to succeed in that lineup as the two-hitter in front of Cano, Cruz, and Seager. 
When Segura gets back, he's the leadoff guy. That is a hitter's paradise. Uh, you're looking at 25 homer power, 15, 20 steals uh, with good on base skills. He's going to have an elevated K rate, probably somewhere between 25 and 30%, just like the aforementioned Jake Lamb. But he makes a ton of hard contact. So I think he's going to hit about 260, 265, 25, 15, hitting two in the Mariners lineup. That's a souped up version of what you got from Jackie Bradley in 2016, who was outfielder number 15. Hmm. So go ahead. Tell me why I'm wrong. Well, the reason why you're wrong is because I'm not because Mitch Hanniger is the best. Chris Davis, Jose Batista, put some respect on his name. You you can't say it like you know if you're gonna say that you have to say respect on it. You got to put respect on his name. Not the way I don't have to do it. anything. <laughs> I don't have to do anything. No you don't he, respect Mitch Hanniger. It's time he got the respect <laughs> that he, he deserves. Uh, all right, let's move on. I'm done. All right. Avisail Garcia. Oh, God. 20th overall <laughs> player. Over under top 125 player rest of season. Oh, 125 overall? Yeah. Definitely under. Like, Well, he's he's number 20 right now. I mean, well, what yeah. number would you put at him? Uh, put he's him got at? A fi- he has a 543 Babip right now. I know, um, but there are people out there that think that he's good. Uh, no, um, he's listen. He's not a bad player. Um, I, I I don't hate. He is him. a bad player. I don't know. I don't. I, I don't hate him. He has mediocre power. He has extremely underwhelming, under mediocre uh, speed, and yeah, I, I don't know what else to say about him. You know what? You might be right. He's just a bad player. So yeah, under, under, under. I, he's the same guy he's always been. The K rate's a little better, but the underlying plate discipline indicates that that's a farce. Yeah. Uh, the batted ball data, the fly balls are up, but they're within the range of where they've been before. The BABIP is ridiculously high, as you mentioned, and it's being helped by a 16.7% infield fly in, in, infield hit rate, which, as you mentioned, this guy isn't exactly fast, so... It doesn't really make sense for him to have that elevated infield hit rate. I'm perfectly fine if you want to ride the streak with him, but I can't imagine that this guy is going to be owned anywhere near as high as he's being owned right now in a month's time. I think that this is going to end quickly, and if you're going to ride the streak, the second he puts up two over fours, you need to bail. Okay, uh, Irvin Santana, Big Irv, number four overall starting pitcher right now. Over under top forty starter rest of season. Um, I can't roll my R's. I don't know how he even got that nickname, but we've been doing it for years, and it never gets old. Um, Yeah, he is not going to finish as a top forty starting pitcher. Um, when you get to 40, it starts to become a bunch of guys that kind of do the same thing. But with Irvin Santana, um, I don't know. He's just kind of boring for me. He doesn't strike out that many guys. Um, the ERA has been very inconsistent over the last couple of seasons. I'm just – no, he's 34 years old, past his prime. 
whenever that even happened. No one even realized it happened. He stinks. See, I don't agree with that. I don't think he stinks, and I think he was a little underrated at the draft table. He finished last really? year very strong, and he's continued that into this year. Um, I don't think he's going to be special by any means, and I would say that he's going to finish outside the top 40, but I would say he's going to finish just outside of there. Uh, he's a very solid pitcher in a good AL ballpark at the moment, and I imagine that he'll be a trade candidate. Maybe he ends up in the NL in a good ballpark, um, and that would be a big plus for him. I'm just so against owning pitchers like this. It's just like a straight-up innings eater. I just yeah, but I don't think it. I don't even think that that's accurate. I mean, like he's like a seven and a half to eight K per nine guy, so he's not not useless. You know, like he's, he's not like a, a six point five type. Yeah, I guess not my not my style. Okay, well, fair enough. All right, let's move to Dylan Bundy, who's far more interesting. Oh yeah, uh, number thirteen overall starting pitcher, over under top. 35 starting picture rest of the season over um, over big time over big time. Yeah, I, I've I've how could you not like the kid? There's no one out there that just doesn't like the kid. Uh, you see the stuff and it's just absolutely electric. The kid has tremendous upside with his uh, with his K rate right now. He is walking no one. That's the most beautiful thing. Um, I just love him. I just love him, and yes, he and he brought the pitch back. Yeah, 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 yeah. We spoke about him a thousand times, but he just looks awesome. So if you'll recall, um, a few weeks ago we did bold predictions, and I had mentioned that Dylan Bundy oh, would finish inside the top 15 really? and compete for an AL Cy Young. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling pretty good about that one right now. You know what? I'm going to start bringing up all my bold predictions. Every show. Sure. Go right ahead. Go ahead. If you're, if you're looking as good on your bold prediction as, uh, predictions as I am on this one. Uh, do, do you know what one of my bold predictions was? It was that Eric Thames would finish as a top five outfielder. And so far, that is coming to fruition. Okay, well, there you go. You should have done that. And you didn't. And well, whatever. Did. I, I just did. <laughs> okay. Listen, I, I don't think that a top 15 starting pitcher is a realistic expectation. Thus, a bold prediction. But if he gets near a full workload, he's going to be a top 30 starting pitcher. Yeah, Got all the stuff. Um, the only question is health. Yep. Uh, and I am extremely optimistic. And if you bought him on draft day, you are going to turn a major profit with this guy. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're going to move to a different segment now called Panic Button. Um, the idea of the segment is in its name. We're going to talk about some guys that you may be nervous about and let you know whether it's time to push the panic button. Jose Abreu. What do you think about him and his start, Nick? And are you nervous? Wowzers. This is a very, very, very bad start. Um, He is just not looking good right now, but he did have this issue last year. He was really bad to start the season. He was frustrating to own. It seemed like he just did nothing but hit into double plays, pop out in the infield, foul out. It was just like those ugly outs. And right now it's it's really bad. It's worse than last year because he's not walking at all, and he's striking out a ton. 
Uh, those are two worrisome signs. He's striking. He's swinging at his stuff outside the zone. He's just completely lost. And you know the the offense is struggling as a whole. I think though with Abreu, as far as hitting the panic button, I I I guess that would mean like, are you just like trying to sell him right now? Like you're in full panic mode and you need to sell him. I wouldn't sell him just yet. Because you're you're not going to get much from him right now because he looks that bad, and honestly, I like the player. He's a smart player, um, and I, I I think as when May comes along, let let's see where he's at by June first. Just be patient, and he'll start to come around. I have I have faith in Abreu considering how natural of a hitter he is, and smart. Yeah, I'm not terribly concerned. He got off to a slow start last year, and there are actually some positive signs despite the increased K rate. He's swinging and missing less. He's making more contact. Bad ball profile in terms of authority isn't great, but I think that could be some small sample size noise. He's going to end up, you know, like a 285 guy between 25 and 30 homers, and that's pretty much what you drafted, and that's what you knew you were going to get. And maybe he's got a little bit more upside in the average department than that. But we shall see. But I don't think it's time to panic on him at all. Trevor Story. Now, this is somebody I'm a little bit concerned about. Um, is it time to push the patent bu- panic button completely and, you know, bail? No. But, I mean, I think when you look at Story, it really depends on where you're Depends on where you ended up taking him. If he was a third-round pick, yeah, it's going to be tough to recoup that value. But I don't think he's going to be totally useless either. Uh, this was always the risk with him. The K-rate overwhelms and the average craters. The average is rock bottom, though, because of a 174 Babbitt. And that's not going to sustain. He plays his home games in cores. As we mentioned last week, every Rockies hitter is a buy low. Um, and uh, that goes for story as well. If you have him, I would write it out. He's probably going to be a full-year disappointment and in terms of you know whether or not he's going to return the value where you drafted him. But he's going to be a 30-homer asset at shortstop, and the average will come up with some hot hitting at cores. Yeah, I, I you know, the big issue with Story was what last year? What's the number one issue with Story? The number Sorry, one issue yeah. with Story last year was his injury. And the strikeouts. I mean, now, when he first came, when he first came in, and he was hitting those, he had that six streak of the first couple of months. The K rate was like forty percent, thirty five percent. You kept saying this is not going to last. This is not going to last. And he was really good up until he had the injury. Obviously, when that knocked him out. Uh, this season is a little different. Um, because he's walking a lot. He, he, he seems to be more patient at the plate, but then he just strikes out. He, it, I watched him the other day have an at-bat, and it was one of the worst at-bats I've ever seen in my entire life. Like, he took the balls that he shouldn't be taking and swung at balls that he should have been. Like, it, it, he was just all over the place. Um, but I like him right now as a buy. I also think he, he is sellable if you do want to bail. Because he is a shortstop. Last year, he had one of the sickest runs ever for anyone in this, the history of the league, really. Um, and he could be 
put into a package where you could receive an elite player, especially if you're in a keeper league. If you had the well, that doesn't really matter if he has eligibility for another year. But I, I would hold on to Story right now. Bottom line, I think he'll break out of the slump and he'll be fine. The, the lineup is too good. Okay, and let's move to Jose Batista. Are you pushing the panic button on Jose Batista? Oh my God, he. Oh my God, is there even a word to describe how bad Jose Batista looks right now? I don't think there is. I I cannot tell you how I I. I've never owned Jose, Jose Batista. He's been a guy that I've always just had a weird stigma about. I This year, I didn't get Nelson Cruz where I thought I would, and I panicked. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to take Jose Batista because he's the closest thing to Cruz I could get in the fourth round. He looks so bad. I, I can't even watch the, the Toronto Blue Jays games anymore. I am hitting the panic button. I, I, I am like completely out. I want him off my team. I hate him. I always have, and I think I've always hated him because somehow I knew that future Nick would draft him and he would do this to me. So, yeah, sell, panic. <laughs> I know you're not panicking. but uh, No, I'm not. You're right, I'm not. Um, Batista has an elevated K rate. He's got an elevated swing and strike rate. And the contact authority profile isn't great for his skill set. We were huge fans of his coming into the year. I think we both were. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not going to jump ship yet, given what we saw in the WBC. He was fantastic. I think this could simply be a cold streak after he was super hot at that point. Um, he's kept the walks. He's got a 23.3% line drive rate and a healthy fly ball percentage. I think the Babbitt comes up and the power will return. He's got red flags, but much like Story, um, I'm nervous, but I'm not in a total panic. I still like him as a buy low. An older outfielder that I am concerned about, though, is Carlos Beltran. Um, similar to Batista, he's got an elevated K rate. He's got an elevated swing strike percentage. He's got poor contact authority. Ball has fallen his way a bit with the 351 Babbitt, but that's inflated partially by a 16% infield hit rate. There is less chance that Beltran becomes entirely useless compared to Batista. Um, But I also have more faith in Batista experiencing a return to form. Batista's younger than Beltran. He's on an offense that needs him, whereas Beltran's on a loaded offense where you could very easily find him losing at-bats if he continues to struggle. What do you think about Carlos Beltran? Yeah, I'm a little a little worried as well. Uh, the contact he has made this year so far has been really bad. He's only 14% hard contact rate. And it, our tune is much different than it was a month ago because we were really high on him. We liked the ADP. But he's just looked completely lost. I, I, I'm kind of confident in them both, honestly, to be to be honest. I was over-exaggerating with, with Bautista. But I like them both as bylaws right now. I think Beltran will get it together. Last year, he had some serious cold streaks with the Yankees. Even though his final numbers were great and he put in a really, really good season, he, they were, um, I think, two months out of the season. I don't have in front of me. I believe it was May and August or May and it was an early month and a later month where he was absolutely dreadful. So I think this is something where he's going to snap out of it and he'll be okay and he'll be at a good part of that lineup eventually and he'll be fine. So... Hold on to Bellatran and 
if you can go out and buy him right now, he costs nothing. Okay, um, Jose Quintana. There's a lot of factors here. He's giving up more fly balls. He's giving up part of contact. He's in the zone less. Um, the velo is steady year over year um, in terms of the actual figure, but we have to remember that that means he's down somewhere between a half a mile per hour to one mile per hour um, because of how they are measuring velocity compared to last year. The strain rate is bad, 68%, and he's giving up more homers. It's three starts, though, and it's one versus the same team twice, Minnesota, and the other came against Detroit, who's a very tough matchup. I don't think I can overreact. He's got an excellent track record, almost impeccable compared to you know, what we see around the league. He's always been money in the bank for low three ZRA, about eight case per nine, between seven and a half and eight case per nine, I should say. Um, there are areas to be concerned about, but nothing is totally out of whack to me that indicates that it's a real problem, um, more just a cold stretch. Do you agree with me? I do. The only scary thing is that Quintana doesn't go through cold stretches, and that's the only scary thing. He's so consistent, and this is very un-Quintana-esque. Uh, he usually gets off to a really good start. He's actually a very good April pitcher, so I'm not really sure what's happening right now. Um, you know, the, everything looks similar to last year. Like you said, Velo, it matches up. Um, the key rate is there. It's pretty much in line with the last season and, and the year before. So he's just getting batted around right now. That players are getting a lot of hits, and he's walking guys, which is really, really uncantana like The 4.67 base on ball per nine, um, you know, I, I – I'm st I'm still gonna say though I I'm not worried and I'm not panicking because you know he's got such good command and control I, I just think the walks will come down and I I'm pretty confident in Cantana but the fact that Cantana has been so consistent I guess it gives me a little tiny bit of worry but he'll be fine go out and buy Cantana right now <laughs> seriously I agree I agree I would I would go out and buy him um, he's definitely a target. Uh, a guy that's not a target, a guy that I didn't particularly like coming into the year is Rick Purcella. Yep. Um, so I, I do think that there is reason to be panicked here. He's sort of the anti-Quintana. Um, he doesn't have the consistent track record, and thus his performance is more concerning to me. His homers are way up. The bad bit is way up. The left on base percentage is terrible, 63.6%. Um, seems like he's had a decent amount of bad luck on balls in play thus far. But we talked a lot this offseason about guys like Pineda and Robbie Ray um, who had bad babbits, babips. And the reason why is because they gave up really hard contact authority. And sure enough, you check Barcelo, and he's given up 45% hard contact. So, And he's also getting swung at more inside the zone. His swing percentage against in the zone is up 8%. So guys are swinging more when he's in the zone and they're making harder contact. And thus he's giving up homers and he's got an elevated Babbitt. And this is stuff that we've seen from him before. So I think there's a real reason to be concerned. Yeah, but 7.56 ERA is 
definitely inflated. Or, you know, he's a oh, five. yeah, but, I, but you know what I mean? Like, I mean, like, if he comes down to a 4-5, he's still useless. Not with this K rate. If he comes down to a 4-5 with a 9.72 K rate and a yeah, 2.16. But, but, but you have to remember the K rate is a function of the fact that he's facing lots of hitters because he's giving up lots of hits. True, but he's also walking more, a substantial amount more guys than last season. And he's walking more guys than the year before. So if the if the ball, if the walks come down a little bit, and he maintains this K rate, I think we're going to see a huge dip in ERA. Huge. I, dip. I don't see any way he sustains that K rate. The K rate is a function, like I said, the K rate is a function of the fact he's facing more guys. So you have to remember the K rate is case per nine. So it's all about innings. So if he's not recording outs on balls in play and he's giving up hits, he's facing more batters and he's going to obviously strike more guys out because that's the only way he can get outs. Yeah, but the, he's at a 12% swinging strike rate right now, which is like 4% higher than any year he's ever pitched before. It's not a bad stat. Um, but I am very, very concerned. Uh, nonetheless, I don't think okay. he's going to sustain the K rate. And I think this is going to be like a four ERA pitcher. And I think a lot of people are going to, um, lose their investment or lose on their investment in Porcello. Okay. We're going to move to the weekend's DFS slate. Um, I'm going to give you a two hitters and a pitcher for Saturday and Sunday. And Nick and I will very briefly discuss them before we wrap up for the night. Um, okay, for Saturday, I like Chris Davis going against Stephen Wright from Boston. And that game is in Camden. I also like Michael Franco going up against Jaime Garcia in Philly. And the pitcher I like is is Franco's teammate, Jared Eikhoff, versus Atlanta at home in Philly. Yeah, the, the, the Davis start is a must start. As we all know, Homer's a king. And I, last year, I mean last week, if you listened, I guaranteed a Piscotti home run last Saturday. Well, actually, you guaranteed it off of Sabathia. I know. I guaranteed that he would hit a home run that game. He hit it. If you listen to me, <laughs> you're welcome. I won you money. Just send me 20 bucks to my address. I'll post it after the show. Um, but, yeah, I like all three of those starts I'm in. Uh, Eikhoff, I'm a little worried about, but otherwise, I'm good. The Saturday slate is a lot like Sunday slate last week in terms of the pitching. It is not a very pretty lineup, so – Eikhoff was the best of a bad bunch. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Sunday. My sleeper pick is David Freeze at home with a hot uh, with a hot start to the season going against the Yankees and Jordan Montgomery, a lefty. Freeze is a righty, notorious lefty masher. Uh, I like Giancarlo Stanton. On the road in San Diego, going against Jared Cozart. And the pitcher I like is Michael Fulmer, rolling against Minnesota in Minnesota. Oh, yeah. If there's anyone you're going to start out of those three guys, it's Fulmer at Minnesota. Um, he's just going to rack up keys and just 
just destroy them that game. That's that's a money pick right there. I like the freeze pick a lot too. He he's going to be extra extra cheap, um, but I I I like both of those guys. Fulmer's still pretty cheap in DFS too. So if you take Fulmer and freeze, you'll be able to build a pretty solid lineup. I'm with it. Short side platoon guys are your best friends. Yes, they really are. Because they are, because they're on the short side, they they get devalued so much by the fact that they don't see many lefties. And Montgomery is a young lefty. He's looked impressive to this point, but Freeze is tearing the cover off the ball. Yeah. And Pittsburgh, in particular, is a lineup that has killed left-handed left-handed pitching this season. So I, I like Freeze. I think that he's a very solid uh, bottom dollar play. Mm-hmm. Okay, Nick, you have any final thoughts? Anything that stood out to you or anything else? Or <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I didn't really have another thing to say. Yeah, just uh, go out and buy yourself some Eric Thames. That's all I have to say. He is amazing. Yeah, good luck. Good luck trying to get him. Yeah, seriously. All right, guys, we will be back next week. Uh Articles going up on the website two, three times a week, fworder.com. You can follow me on Twitter, Patrick FWO. Nick is on Twitter at Nick FWO. And uh, thanks so much for listening. If you guys get a chance, give us a rate and review. Five stars, please. We would appreciate it. And uh, that'll wrap us up for this week. We'll be back next week. Peace.